1: It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Well, it's hard to believe. It seems like we just started out. We had an introductory message to this series out of Psalm 19 and several other verses about the Word of God. And then we came back and delved into the 22 sections that make up Psalm 119 the largest chapter in your Bible. And people have called it the Word of God chapter. And rightly so, because out of 176 verses, 172 of those verses have synonyms for the Word of God. And certainly, the Word of God is important because it is the only book in the world written by God himself and it's a master volume that is full of wonderful truths. 66 individual books that have from Genesis to Revelation the creation of God all the way to the end of time and man and all of these things And so we've had a time going through each and every one of these sections and learning what the psalmist was saying as he pleaded with God for things, prayed to God for things, uh, said how much he loved his word and how his word kept him going and kept him in the times of affliction and troubles and persecutions and problems and situations and how he hid it in his heart and how the entrance of his words gave him light and how great peace He had because of loving his law and nothing was offending him and all kinds of things. And he has been very, very, very much interested in staying true to God's holy word and his commands. In that introduction that we had to Psalm 119, we actually broke down the synonyms, the major ones that were used, such as the word word, uh, which, of course, is the main word that is used. It's his word. It's the word of God. It's the God of the word. The word is uh, the spoken word of God, the written word of God. It's Jesus Christ himself. There was the word law, which uh, is the set of codes, the set of things that God instructed. It's his instructions in the right way to live and what pleases him. was the word commandment which is taking the word of god and it's into a definite authoritative command thou shalt not thou shalt and this he commanded him and then there's the word statutes Uh, that is the things that are inscribed taking the word of god and it's been inscribed into your heart it's been inscribed into uh, the writings the stones whatever But in my case, it's in my heart. The judgments, the legal verdicts and decisions of God that never change, they're his, they're right, they're never wrong. He always has all the information. He always has all the facts. It's his mandates. Then there's the precepts. That's the instructions of the Word of God and the directions that he gives into principles taking those instructions and then applying them in every circumstance, in every situation, and everything that our life has. And so we have that. Then we have the word testimony, which uh, has the idea of the word being uh, a witness, a proof. It's the record. It's the testifying to the facts. He has evidence. And so he said, I love your testimonies. I love the evidence. I love the witness, the proof, Lord of who and what you are. There was the word way. That's our journey life, on the way, that road of life. Where the, and he used it in the sentiment of the word of God being our road. It's our road map. It's how we stay on the right road. It's our course of life is the fact we follow the very word of God that he gave us to give us all the blueprint of what we're to do. And the word path and way are greatly linked together, but the path deals with, instead of more with the journey of the road of life and our course of life, it is the part of life that is being navigated at that point. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's that which is being navigated right now. I'm on this right road, this way, but I got, I'm got i on the path right now, then this is what's in front of me, this small bit that's in front of me. So, we've come to the last section, and in the last section, he's going to take pieces of what he said, and he's going to bring them back. So, I've titled this uh, section, One More Time, One More Time. We've got one section left, one more time. And uh, I've divided it into uh, five, uh, one, two, three, four things here. First of all, Lord, one more time, let my prayer be heard. We'll deal with that in just a moment. One more time, dear Lord, let my praise be heralded. One more time, Lord, let my passion be heeded. And one more time, Lord, let my path not be hindered. Okay, let's take a look at those things, and we'll be looking at the verses that go along with them as we end the book saying, one more time, Lord, one more time, let my prayer be heard. Now, verse number 169, let my cry come before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Okay, when we look at this, we see here, uh, first of all, his rejoicing let my cry the word cry there is not the word that we had up in the section above it's a different Hebrew word and it actually is a cry of gladness shouting exuberance, a crying out of singing loud shouting loud it's a sound of incredible mm. so he is really letting loose and saying let this come before you Okay. Now, whatever this cry is that he is sending up, and he is sending up, it's the idea of shouting out loud or singing out loud. He is saying it out loud and strong because he wants the Lord to hear him. So he's saying, Let my prayer be heard. We know that because he says, Give me, uh, let my supplication, verse 170. And we know that that's our request. So we see the. Uh, rejoicing and the request. Now, he is going to rejoice if the Lord hears him. He's crying out. And so when he cries out, what he's crying out is, Oh, Lord, give me understanding according to thy word. Once again, he wants the Lord to do for him what he's been begging him to do. Give me that understanding. I need it. I absolutely need it. And I want to have that discernment. I want to have that ability to not just have knowledge, not just to know a fact, but to understand that fact, to discern its meaning, to perceive and observe it and pay attention to it and have an intelligence in it and be able then to heed what I'm learning and consider it very, very diligently in my life. Give me that kind of understanding. That is the... The, the gist of what he's been asking when he asks for the understanding part of the knowledge. So listen to my cry for help. Give me understanding. I need help. Give me understanding. I have requests. I have prayers. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. So as I come and I give my request, and by the way, the word is a very interesting word because it's a request that entails favor. And when you pray, you're asking God in this request for his favor, for his mercy or his grace in a a situation or a need. He said, let it come before thee and then deliver me according to thy word. I need deliverance. I need help to be delivered from these things. And that word delivered there is in the hiffle stem. So we again, we're saying, Lord, cause me to be delivered. I need to have this done in my life. And I'm praying that you will deliver me, that you will uh, take care of me. You will remove me from these things that I pray for. Lord, One more time, let my prayer be heard. Now, listen, you and I, we need to pray, and we want God to hear us. And so we need to keep our life clean, and we need to understand his word. His word says there are certain things about prayer we need to know, okay? And that is we pray according to his will. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray. There are a lot of things that he says that we should do. So we understand that. Pray that God gives us the ability to see things from his point of view. Go before the throne of grace and enjoy the fact that you are allowed to go before the throne of grace. And remind yourself that the Bible makes it clear, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. They're all present tense verbs, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. God will, uh, in his timing... Give you uh, an answer to your prayer. The answers usually I have found come in three categories. Category one is yes. He will answer the prayer either totally, or partially, or in some form that fits him, and it'll be in his time. The answer could be no, absolutely not. Done deal. This is not for you. This is not what my will is. And the answer could be wait, not yet. I'm not ready. To answer that prayer yet. The timing isn't right. And so those are the three things that I see that come most of the time. And the Psalms are full of the psalmist crying out to God. Uh, Psalm 57, 2, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. Psalm 86, 3, be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. The Bible says, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask." And you shall receive that your joy may be full. Uh, the Bible says in the book of James, uh, chapter 5 and verse number 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Ah, listen, he prayed. The verse right above that says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, if it's going to be effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There is much to be said about prayer. But we must pray with the idea of not praying uh, in in a manner that's wrong. Just the chapter before in the book of James, he asked them, you know, where do wars and fightings come from? And he talked about them lusting in their members and consuming upon their lust. And he called them adulterers and adulteresses. And in the context, he's referring to spiritually speaking. He said, Don't you know that the friendship of the world's enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God? He said, Goodness, be careful what you're doing. You lust and you have, you, you kill, you desire to have, you cannot obtain, you fight, you war, yet you, you have not because you ask not. But then you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. The idea of the word to ask amiss means to ask in a manner that is not in utterance with God. It's bad. It's diseased. It's not right. It's sick. It's a sick way to ask. He said, then you do it so you can consume it upon your own lust. Oh, one more time, Lord, let my prayer be heard. I want to pray. And he prayed good things. He didn't pray bad things. He prayed good things. He prayed for a longing in his heart to be uh, satisfied. He prayed for the precepts and the testimonies to be there. He prayed for God's word to have an effect and for God to have an effect and for God to be there. And he was always turning around and praising God for it. So he says, God, one more time, let my praise be heralded. Look at verse 171. My lips shall utter praise praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes he said man i my lips Cause me—that's in the causative stem again. I love this. He said, "When you're teaching me your word, when you're when you're leaping off that engraven word, when I'm reading that written word, and you are teaching me, when you come through strong and clear. And by the way, that word, when Thou hast taught me, it's in that intensive stem. When you have done that, and it's our great Hebrew word that we've seen many times, lamad, which means." To teach to learn. It's not to teach to teach and hope you get it. It's to teach to know the person got it. That's the concept of Lamad. Every teacher that really loves teaching wants to Lamad. They want to teach so the people get it. They learn. He says, man, when you have taught me your statutes, my lips cause me to utter praise. It just pours out. It comes out and there's just no stopping it. I have to praise you. I have to say something. He said, my tongue, verse 172, my tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. He said, my tongue replies. The idea of shall speak, it has the idea of a reply back. My lips, they just can't help it, they're being caused to praise and my tongue says, let me uh, join in here. Let me reply with you. Let me get in on it. And when I, he says, my lips are uttering praise. My tongue comes out with your word. It speaks. It responds. It replies with your word. It pays attention. It heeds your word. It testifies your word it lives and loves your word my lips cause me to praise you because you've taught me and my tongue brings that word that you've taught me back and my tongue speaks it because it's in me and therefore because it's in me it flows out of me and it continues like a river to flow out of me and I enjoy because all thy commandments are our righteousness. He said, everything you've ever commanded in your word is absolutely 100% totally right. There's nothing wrong with it. Every single thing is right. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Have pleasure in the things of God. Delight yourself in the things of God, not the things of the world, the flesh, and the devil. They just don't work. They don't give you any hope. They don't help you in anything. The psalmist really enjoyed praising. Now, let me just drop down to the first part of verse 175 where he says, Let my soul live, and it shall praise God. there's another part of praise in this verse and he's saying here he said listen let me let my praise be heralded because of my lips that are just having to do what they do and because my tongue has to speak but also let me praise you because you have revived my soul let my soul live quickened be alive he said quicken me quicken me quicken me Let me be alive in you. He said, I'll praise you because of your uh, statutes that you taught me. I'll praise you because of your commandments that are righteous. But Lord, I'll praise you because of my soul. He says, you let my soul, the inward part, be revived. That soul will praise you. He said, I mean, all of me will get in Up, my soul, my body, spirit. We'll get in on this thing. And I'm telling you, we'll have a time in you, and we will praise you and praise you. Now, we know that praise and worship is a wonderful thing in the Bible. It's all through the Bible. But may I remind you that worship is what you do inwardly. As you are contemplating and meditating and uh, talking to God, it, it starts inward." And you're worshiping him with a heart attitude. You don't worship outward, you worship inward. You can't worship outward if you don't have any heart for it. So it begins internally. And as that worship bubbles up, that worship overflows out of you into praise. And that praise then turns into worship outwardly. But the praise is what sends the worship out of you in to the realm of all who are around and shows them everything that you see. One more time, Lord, let my prayer be heard. One more time, Lord, let my praise be heralded. One more time, Lord, let my passion be heeded. We talked about that uh, several of these sections where he had a passion for God that was second to none. Verse 173, let thine hand help me For I have chosen thy precepts, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. He said, Lord, I I need your help. Once again, would you please let, would you allow that to be, Lord, let thine hand help me. I love the hand part and we don't have time to go through all the verses that deal with God's hand but just know this that God's hand is used many times in the Bible as well as his shoulder to, Tell us that he is there, and we can be humbled under the mighty hand of God. We can be exalted by that hand of God. It's the hand of God that gives us a whole ton of strength, and the Lord is my strength. He is my shield and my buckler, my high tower, the horn of my salvation. He's all of those things. He said in Isaiah 51 and verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. There's the good news for the psalmist. Listen, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Lord, thy hand, let thy hand help me. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen. It's my choice. It's what I approve of. It's what I denoted as being important to me. The principles of your word. I read your word. I study your word. I have your commandments. I have your law. I have your judgments. I know the testimonies, and I know the the uh, precepts, and now I put them into those precepts, into principles, precept upon precept, line upon line, and I've done what I've done because I l- have longed. For thy salvation, I've longed for thy deliverance. We see, uh, I see two things here a desire for deliverance. I've longed for thy salvation, a desire for deliverance, but also a delight in God's word that helps deliver him. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. He said, Hey, I have a desire. For deliverance save me deliver me from all of this evil stuff and keep me straight on the air help me I've chosen your precepts but oh I longed as the heart panteth oh I've longed I've just got to have it's part of who I am it's an intense inherent desire for the things of God I need you he said in verse 40 in this very same chapter, Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. He said, Thy law is my delight. I need it. I can't live without it. Oh, that the word of God would mean so much to us because it revealed the word of God, revealed the God of the word, and we would remind ourselves over and over and over again how good God is. My passion, help me. Oh, my passion, my longing, my passion. I know your judgments. He said, listen, I know your judgments. And if you look at verse 175, let my soul live, and it shall praise thee. as the part of the praise. Now watch the second part. And let thy judgments help me. Let the fact that you have made that verdict, that sentence, that decree based on your eternal word, may those judgments help me may they be that which causes me to look at and say don't get into that you'll be protected if you follow his judgments you will be protected if you do what he says is right you won't follow under the evil you will be judged as being right so he says i need you to help me i must have it let my passion be heeded but then he ends the entire thing, and he just lets us in on a little secret. Why he is so enamored with the Word of God, why he's given all this, comes down to one verse here. Let, uh, Lord, one more time, let me, my prayer be heard. Let my praise be heralded. Let my passion be heeded. But, Lord, let my path not be hindered. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Wow. He said, "Man, it's 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 easy to do." He said, "Listen, I've gone astray. I'm confessing to you. I've messed up and, and that's why I've had this whole thing. This is this whole thing is all about the fact I don't want to go astray anymore. That's why I kept saying I got people afflicted me. I got this. I don't want to go that way. I want to stay close. I want to stay close. But at the very end of everything, 175 verses, he says, "Hey, I've gone astray." I've, I've erred, I've been seduced, I've fallen off the track, I've fallen off the wagon, I've wandered off, I have gone astray like a lost sheep that got into the world someplace on its own. He said, oh Lord, seek thy servant, seek thy servant. And this is the first time he's done this, he's gone to the, back to the imperative, he's gone back to that intense uh, form, do it Lord, seek me don't let me stay there. He said, I don't want to be there. Seek me. Get me back because I do not forget thy commandments. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, when I stray, seek me. And when I stray, send me your commandments. I do not forget them. Bring them back. The word does not return void. It accomplishes exactly what God wants it to accomplish. And the psalmist knew that. And the psalmist said, hey, I've done all this. You know my passion. You know my heart. You know my life. You know what I want. But the truth is, there are times I've gone astray like a lost sheep. And Lord, I don't want to be there. Seek thy servant, for I don't forget your commandments. I've longed for them. I placed them. I put them. I lived them. I love them. And I am enjoying them. And I am actually doing them. Don't let me go astray. Lord, one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus. May we not want to go astray either. May it mean everything to us to keep the word of the, the God of the Word, the Word of the God so close that we would never stray from His Word, commandments, and statutes and precepts and all. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen and Amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely wonderful week.
0: Yes, I believe every word that he says. said he would do. How I love his precious word. It thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word. It thrills me through and through.
1: You have been listening to the teaching timeless truths radio broadcast with pastor roger walton you can send all correspondence to ttt at gmail.com tune in again next week for another timeless truth